you can feel like people are genuinely more religious like mm-hmm. when i went to yes for example yeah no, i can definitely be a case it's from my yeah you know anecdotal observations although yeah yeah, yeah. but my point was just that it's not like but only among the bourgeois or only among this i've seen it among no, no, all no, kinds no. of classes of people really not giving a rat's ass i mean let, let's not forget iran used to have uh, the biggest largest communist party in asia mm. you know and that didn't include just people from working class although it did it included huge number of people in the military in the mm-hmm. intelligentsia and you know they were all pretty much non-believers and all that so it has a long tradition it's yeah, yeah. definitely Um, I had two questions that kind of written out. So one, the not surprising, and uh, we spoke. So, I mean, okay, this is a small one, then we'll go to the other one. Yeah, that thing that you said, like, that makes sense that, like, you know, in Shiaism, they say, like, worship, like, a leader, but at the same time, the main Shia ones don't want you to go into these sects because some of the sects also have, like, particular leaders who are alive and they like guide people's lives and they're like kind of the main interpreter and they know what i know in some of them they pick the they're names of the kids in the in the community and you know the, this passes down oh, like their really? next person becomes religious i mean i know this for a fact there's one where it's the leader and they they pick That's the name yeah, of I, the, I uh, the kids but yeah and then of course when the leader passes away it's their son who becomes the next person so yeah there is like you know they're is like she... everybody's supposed to go towards that guy and and listen to him but that's a very small sect though of shit she... well uh, there's a lot of those small mm. sects so there's loads of those shiism was basically iranians who iranians are the people who originally came up with the concept of sort of a monarchy and all that mm. right sort of king of kings em- emperor, emperor and all that i mean sumer had kings but they came up with the emperor i see i don't bullshit. know but so they, they they add so basically they saw islam and they went can we add sort of empire to this <laughs> let's just put the empire like ali becomes king of kings and then hostel, like, make it cool and yeah that's literally like Shia Islam is uh, the, the the problem with Shia Islam is that it developed also in uh, in opposition. It was the you know it was very much for the first five hundred six hundred years was repressed. It was okay. So heretic. let me ask you my second question then because I think it goes right into this. So it's the correct parallel to say that Shia is like being Shia is like being Protestant. It's the same relationship to Christianity and being Catholic. in historically in terms of which one was the a strong one which one was the weak one yes that's and true. was also yes. the first one and also are there not like the whole like you know like protest i mean i know more about protestants and i know they have a lot of sex is it the same thing about catholics catholics they have a lot of sex and like you know catholics you can be a protestant a, lutheran no. you can be this or that catholics have a lot of orders mm. but it's a slightly different there there is more uniformity within catholicism which i would argue is more similar to sunnism yeah, sunnism exactly. has four schools right okay. and catholic catholicism is i would say is more like that but there is even i would say in catholicism there is more unity and consistency and canonization than there is even in sunnism mm-hmm. i see like well, shiism is basically like saying Uh, what's your opinion of islam i think it's fun all right let's do fun like it's genuinely like any interpretation kind of like protestantism where yeah. you get like mormonism which is basically sci-fi you know it's like we're gonna do like christianity in a sci- science and, fiction sort of and based on my very limited understanding of religion and uh, like protestants like it kind of did it had it had this like thread and belief of like working hard and all that right and like working hard and business that's, that's, and all this is that also the case in shiaism or in shia i i would argue and i think there is a book by comran matin and all that although he's mostly focused from a marxist angle i would pers- this is my personal argument there's very little evidence to that but i are i would argue there is a similar sort of type of shia ethics mm-hmm. yeah, to e- protestant yeah. e- ethics but I, i but even protestant ethics we are talking about calvinism and a very specific a historical period of protestantism that you know is exemplified by you know time is gold and yeah. you know you have to take advantage of everything so i don't want to you know i'm not 
I don't want to too much emphasize that thing. But yeah, I would argue Shiism has a much more, like uh, there is much more, for example, Shiism has a similar austere sense to it than uh, compared to, I would say, like, like, like Catholic churches are, you know, fantastical, beautiful mm-hmm. and stuff. Uh, same with Sunni uh, mosques, although they are not allowed to depict any person or something. But when you see Shia churches, very small, very austere, Shia uh, saints like buildings, austere, especially in the north, in the north, less, whenever you go to south, things get much grander. So I, I would argue that, but I don't know if anybody would agree with that. So, I see. Fair. Like it's not an established historical thing. Mm-hmm. It's just my sense. Yeah. Uh, that will be interesting. Yeah, because you hear a lot about Protestant ethics. Uh, by the way, did you know I'm kind of like um, Tim Watley in Seinfeld, how he can make fun of Judaism and Christianity. I can make fun of Shiism and Protestant because I'm, I'm Lutheran. I'm both Shia and Lutheran. So my, my grounds are fully covered. Wait, when did you become a Lutheran? Is that when? Are you Lutheran? I'm Lutheran, yes, of course. When did that happen? What? No, I'm, I'm friends okay. with a religious person. <laughs> I'm, I'm joking, but my wife's family, right, in Brazil, they're technically, they're oh, Lutherans, right. right? And when we got married, like, the main, not we had a civil marriage, and then we had, like, the party marriage one, which happened yeah. in Brazil. And from the beginning, like, it was, it's like this really, like, woke, progressive um. Uh, what's it called that they have not pastor Are you it, married for a, by a, for a yeah a priest pastor, priest yeah she's vicar, a priest um sorry a priest she's kind of like this progressive leftist one who's really cool who's been well, like part of their priest, family yeah I imagine, so yeah. they were like she's gonna marry you guys there i was like yeah fine whatever i don't give a shit show up to the marriage they're like yeah we also have these two other priest friends who are here can they also say a word while you're getting married i'm like why not the more the merrier bring them on <laughs> So, based on that, I can say I'm also Lutheran. Uh, you are so relaxed about this stuff. I I would be. That is like a man. I don't even, give a shit, man. Who gives? Man, my, as long as it makes people happy, if it makes any part of her happy family, her family happy, go out. It doesn't change anything. In fact, now I also have this funny joke to say. So in a way, it was beneficial. I mean, I don't know if people found it to be funny, but <laughs> joke, yeah, sure. Uh, you selling out there. So Sam, yeah. I'm a Lutheran Shia. I, Watch out. <laughs> Jesus Christ, what am I dealing with now? I must say, I, I even like when my grandfather passed and, you know, we had to because of family stuff, like have some religious person say some stuff. Yeah. And I remember me and my dad went up to him. Look, man, keep it to the minimum. All right, we don't want to hear this nonsense too much about cosmos <laughs> yeah, yeah i know yeah keep it and he was like okay yeah i talk about you know god is in the acts and uh, no same when we got married the main priest she she read she was like yeah can i read these sections they're about love and stuff they're my favorite and i'm like do whatever the hell you want i don't give a shit so she gave a kind of like a religious um you know like reading she did you know not too religious but then the other two I don't even think they spoke in English. I think it was only in Portuguese. <laughs> so God knows, maybe they literally converted me right there. This is not even a joke. Yes. <laughs> you have been baptized in the name of Jesus Christ, Holy Ghost. <laughs> so I don't even know what the other two said. <laughs> I mean, your, your approach is much healthier. But I get... Yeah, I feel, I, I don't know, I have a grudge against all religious people for some stupid reason. It's not even, I, I understand it's a mental health issue, so don't. Oh my God. Yeah. No, but, I mean, but, I have, yeah. you know, I but, have other issues with people that's non-religious too, I mean, so I don't know. No, but you should be able to, as you did, like relax and, you know, it doesn't fucking matter. It's like not if somebody sings Hakuna Matata, I don't become... <laughs> You know what I mean? Like, it's yeah. not like I'm going to... I mean, you know, I don't want to hurt people's yeah, feelings so, on I purpose. don't know why I get so tense about it. And I doubt anybody watching this nah. will get hurt by, by that, but we shall see. No, I, I sometimes do want to hurt people's <laughs> feelings. Hurting people's feelings is fine. Don't hurt them physically. Hurt their feelings. Quite. <laughs> what, man? The Tim Watley one in Seinfeld is too funny. <laughs> and Tim he's Watley. also a dentist, so he can also make dentist jokes. <laughs> 
Dentistry. Are you? I'm not offended as a Jewish man. I'm offended as a comedian. <laughs> that was uh, Brian Cranston being fucking amazing. Oh, yeah. Like there's so many people being amazing in Seinfeld before every. Like Patrick Warburton. Do you know him? He's the guy with the greatest voice in America. Uh, in Seinfeld. In uh, sorry, in Family Guy. He's the guy on the wheel. Oh yeah, of course. He's um he's um, awesome. He's uh, awesome. I don't even want to look up his name, but he's dating Elaine, of course, the last two, three yeah, seasons. Yeah, yeah. Oh. What, he, what was his name? Yeah, he football. I don't uh, want to look yeah. it up, but... Yeah, he was the one with the whole sponge-worthy material and stuff. Yeah. And he was oh, David Puddy. David Puddy. Yeah, David Puddy. 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 Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <clears throat> so a lot of people on that show before they became... Yeah, like no, famous. for sure. But okay, should we move on to our next stories? Uh, yes. Did we? I covered the Iranian guy, right? Yeah. So I think um, we yeah. have India let's army getting smaller, to... or Pakistan. We haven't even touched on Pakistan. Yeah, let's just start with Pakistan because it's a bit shorter. But the troubles in Pakistan seem to continue. Prime Minister Shahbaz Sharif has um, uh, been sworn in now. He's, as I mentioned before, he's a brother of a former uh, prime minister, Nawaz Sharif, and mm-hmm. uh, who was a husband to another prime minister, Benazir Bhutto. And he's, uh, you know, he's not doing very well. The government is having a lot of problems, both internationally and domestically, and we'll get to that. At the same time, you have uh, Emran Khan also as... <laughs> Uh, foreignpolicy.com uh, uh, described him as he's becoming a very dangerous loser. So mm-hmm. he's, you know, whipping up his base. He's, uh, uh, you know, uh, he's, uh, uh, sorry, uh, uh, what is whipping up his base, I guess, uh, and all that, making them ready for the upcoming election. And I think he would have a very good hand because listen to this, and I think this is the most important thing. This is very uh, uh, rarely covered, but I don't know if you know this, but Pakistan has been carrying military raids in Afghanistan, and in some of the military raids, innocent people have died. So this is from DW. Tensions increased between Taliban and Pakistan over attacks. Observers say the government will need to negotiate a peace agreement despite a slew of failed attacks. Tensions, uh, tensions. Attention is high between Pakistan and Afghanistan after Pakistanis' uh, military air raids into Afghanistan killed 47 civilians over the weekend. During what? the past few months, Tahr- uh, you didn't hear, yeah, Tahrik Taliban Pakistan, an armed militia, militia group, increased attacks on Pakistani security forces from sanctuaries, sanctuaries inside Afghanistan. So there's two things going on. Emran, you have to remember, Emran Khan was very much the closest ally uh, Taliban had in mm-hmm. Pakistan or globally at all. And Taliban is very much, a, you could argue, a Pakistani-funded project, uh, basically, because P- Pakistan has always had the dream of pretty much conquering Afghanistan, or at least half of it, that is Pashto speaking, right? And also, you have to remember that uh, while Taliban is a very powerful group within Pakistan. So if tensions arise, this could be a real goddamn civil war. This is not a joke. You know, this is not like some Baluchis in Eastern Pakistan. This is a serious matter. So uh, yeah, tensions are rising. And I think in this situation, if there is going to be elections within the next year, which I think there should be, uh, Emran Khan has a good hand to play because Mm -hmm. he's the one who can pretty much bring peace with uh, Taliban. I see, man. He's become a full-out politician, huh? Like, even after this, not going away, big support, big base. And I guess it makes sense. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it does. And I must say, I'm increasingly feeling, even though, I mean, he supports Taliban and all that, but I feel like his wife's uh, house was attacked in London mm. by protesters and she was threatened to kill and all that. And the whole, I mean, I just wanted to read some parts of this Guardian article yeah. because it's just fascinating that, you know, I'm not a big fan of Imran Khan. I really want to make this clear, but 
when he, his opposition is so transparent and so insidious, you almost want to support it. So this is the article by Guardian from about a week ago. Pakistan inches away from civil unrest after ousting out, 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 of Emran Khan. Former PM is accused of creating a wave of public anger that could prove difficult to control. Uh, so on Tuesday, two days after Imran Khan had been ousted as the Pakistan prime minister in a dramatic no confidence vote, Noor Alam Khan, a politician and former member of Khan's party, was eating dinner at a restaurant when he was confronted by another diner. The man began shouting, traitor, American agent and turncoat, and then lunged over to punch Khan, who had been attempting to ignore him. In the middle of the restaurant, the politician and the angry voter began to brawl Jeez. with food and tables going uh, flying. This is not that uncommon in <laughs> Pakistani politics, I must say. But it is, uh, yeah, it is a sign of increasing tensions. But... The article is just goes on. It's this are it's reminiscent of reminiscent of Jer Jeremy Corbyn for me so much. These piece of shit turncoats like uh, what was that guy? The turncoat. What was his Chaka Waka? He had a weird with a lot of Chesney. These turncoats that uh, turn their back on Jeremy Corbyn, like they're viewed as oh, the honorable people <laughs> of the party yeah. against the extremists who attack. So the whole article is very badly, I mean, in my view, it's just obviously it's from one side. And the article is basically arguing that, uh, you know, Khan, uh, Emran Khan voters are all basically a bunch of extremists who are harassing the people from the centrist parties, like, you know, yeah, Muslim League and all that, and including examples from Twitter, it seems to me, which, yeah, yeah, in a tweet after the incident, uh, yeah, yeah. Uh, Khan's former information information minister and close ally Faud Chaudhry tweeted that Pakistan was inch away from fully fledged civil war. Emran Khan has exercised utmost restraint. He said very soon, even he won't be able to stop this very angry mob, and we'll see the country plunging into a civil war. So this is the uh, spokesperson for yeah. Emran Khan. And I'm pretty sure, I think he might be right, to be honest. Emran Khan, for a lot of those Muslim sort of like, let's say, working class people, was the compromise candidate. You mm -hmm. know? So the country could even go worse. But what I found very fascinating was the way this article defends the military in Pakistan. Mm -hmm. And... Uh, all, like denies any evidence of wrongdoing. For example, he says there is there is suggestions by Emran Khan's camp that U.S. has been trying to do a coup d'état in Pakistan. The U.S. vehemently denies it, and no definite proof of a conspiracy has been shown. In a rare press conference on Thursday, Major General Babar Eftekhar, the spokesperson of the armed forces, dismantles Khan's narrative and rejected the claim that the diplomatic cable contained evidence of foreign in in interference. Eftekhar, referring to the diplomatic communication, said, is there any word such as conspiracy used in it? I think not. I'm sorry, but whenever you do conspiracy, yeah. you like... I'm doing a conspiracy. I am I am planning an assassination plot right now. Yeah. In case if police wants clarification, they don't, it's not clear. Like, this is the most ridiculous thing I've ever written, I ever read by a newspaper, you know? Yeah, no, I mean, honestly, like, I read this article kind of quickly and you were talking about it and it kind of seemed to me that it was, that it was a bit one-sided. Yeah, very anti Emran Khan. Yeah. And just like looking for all kinds of examples. I mean, kind of, you know, of his supporters behaving in this kind of bad way and all that, and just filled with that kind of anecdotal stories. Yeah, very much like a story MSNBC would do on Trump. Yeah, exactly. But the, the, the military part really blew my fuses mm -hmm. because I was like, what the? Like, yeah, there's no word. They don't mention conspiracy. Yeah. Like whenever, when do you, when, 
like okay i'm doing a conspiracy now cam you're like who like you you just talk about the conspiracy you don't mention yeah. the conspiracy itself in the third person <laughs> unless you know? the conspiracy is happening unless you're announcing the conspiracy through youtube in which case you have to put the word in the headline so youtube picks it yeah, yeah. otherwise <laughs> yeah, yeah you would you get would. two views like <laughs> you wouldn't know that it was them fair enough fair enough and, you know, I just wanted to read here, see if there's anything to it. Tens of thousands of tweets have been sent in recent days criticizing the army. On Wednesday, arrested 12 school reporter Randy's campaign in a tweet after. Nah, never mind. There's nothing there. Yeah, it's yeah, bullshit. It's mostly bullshit. All right. So uh, right before, I think now uh, I don't have anything to add. Do you have any questions and comments on Emron Khan? No, no, no. Um, no, not on this story. All right, all right. Shall we move on to India? Yes, please. There was this article in uh, BBC. Is India planning to shrink its army? So I thought that's that was a bit interesting because yeah. I had no idea. Our India, because we did a story about Pakistani army and how influential in the economy. Indian army is not quite the same, but it was quite interesting that it's apparently a job that a lot of people are, uh, you know, after. So listen to this. A 23-year-old man last week claimed that he had run 50 hours from his home in Indian, India's northern state of Rajasthan to the capital Delhi to join a protest demanding that government should resume hiring for the armed forces. Surush Pichar, who carried the national flag during his 350-kilometer sprint, said that he was passionate about joining the army, but recruitment had stalled for two years and uh, aspirants were starting to get old. The maximum age of enlistment of a soldier is 21. With 1.4 million personnel, Indian's army is one of the one of the countries and the world's top employers. For many young Indians, it's a coveted and secure job. Every year, some 60,000 uh, personnel retire and the army holds up to 100 uh, fresh hiring rallies to replace them. For the past two years, hiring has been suspended because of pandemic, official says. Analysts believe this is not the whole truth. They say Prime Minister Narendra Mundi government could be looking at ways to shrink the forces. One reason is the army's ballooning salaries and the pension bills that consume more than half of its 70 billion budget. So naturally, it makes sense for a government like Narendra Mundi, who is a bit of a yeah. neoliberal as well, to try to sort of, you know, uh, limit the army and all that. But it is strange in a, in a way, because at the same time, India is having increasing tensions with uh, uh, China. I don't know, man. Like, I mean, even with these things, it's not like you're going to win or lose against China over the number of in and in, in their current confrontation with china in this shape i don't i'm not saying a different shape of war but in this current shape of war it's not like you're going to lose to them over how many how many soldiers you have and the size of your army i don't know i, 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 I there, it's like diff, there, there are different ways you can treat the army and still get that kind of protection in like most situations i don't know so i mean i don't sure, get, sure. i don't find that to be too much of an issue no, I, I was, I mean, look, in this day and age, all you hear is about increasing military uh, budgets and yeah. all that all across the world. So it was a bit surprising, yeah, although this is, this is not necessarily about military budget. This yeah. is just about the army personnel. Army personnel, exactly. That's what I was going to say. Like, you know, in the US, they keep on increasing whatever their, their military budget, but I doubt that the number of soldiers are going up um, every year or that, you know. Yeah, yeah. I mean, the equipment, technology, and all that. So that's, yeah, good point. So maybe, yeah. Ending, but, but yeah, it's, it's interesting. But it is also, for many countries, it's a good program of a sort of welfare program, you know, mm -hmm. as in you keep people busy and not uh, you stop them from becoming, you know, criminals or revolutionaries. Yeah. And India has a huge unemployment problem. So I don't know. No, I can't imagine. Yeah, so I can see that being the case but also what you said about the prime minister i mean 
he doesn't come from like a military background or anything like that. As you said, I think neoliberalism was a very accurate way of, um, of describing him based on what we remember and re recall. So in those ways also, it doesn't maybe, it also maybe not a bit surprising that he wouldn't mind cutting down on the... Maybe, maybe. There, yeah. there is uh, this article by Tribune as well, the Tribune of India, mm -hmm. that says what, like the main purpose of them trying to reduce their army personnel is that they're trying to, you know, focus on infant, uh, infant, infantry, infantry mm -hmm. soldiers is that what they call it and like border areas yeah so that's the main purpose but you know who knows, who knows? very interesting isn't it? i see no definitely is it yeah. very interesting was this very interesting i wasn't sure about this story the headline was very interesting the actions that they're taking um because like not you so said much. they're not they're not attacking the yeah. budget that yeah. would have been more interesting. Like if they said, but even this, if they officially came out and like, okay, we're going to reduce like the size of our military by 25% or so. So I think the story has potential. It's, it's a bit in that middle ground. Yeah, my presentation. I did find it interesting. Either, there. No, no, no. But I mean, it was, it was accurate. No, don't, don't pity me. <laughs> <laughs> That's accurate. But okay, otherwise let's move on to David. Weagle and U.S. domestic. Hey. Weagle or Weagle? <laughs> Weigel. Weigel, never mind. That's how I heard it. Anyway. He has a hilarious he, Wikipedia profile picture if anybody wants to go check it out. <laughs> yeah, he, to be honest, I do think he has a very, he looks cool and he has a nice voice, I must say. But uh, he has a big history with Jimmy Dore. I don't know if you know this. Oh, really? Yeah, they no. were at they were at it at Twitter again because Jimmy Dore was saying uh, Washington Post is like, you know, CIA backed because yeah. of Jeff Bezos and all that. So, but he's useful and his information is useful in like, especially domestic politics because mm -hmm. he does, he's one of those on-ground reporters type thing. Yeah. And he, he did a thing with Chapo uh, Trap House where he discussed the primaries and all that. And it all looks pretty grim. Um in terms of like progressives and all that, they, yeah. they don't seem to have too much chance. What well, one thing that was fascinating about what he said, he said that although I do think Democrats are doing gonna do very badly this time and people are not interested, compared to 2010, mm -hmm. uh, it's actually they have more people who are motivated to vote, especially because of Trump and the culture war yeah. and stuff. He was saying in 2010, there was less of a, like an interest, like people just didn't care so much about politics. Yeah. And that kind of makes sense to me. That was fascinating to me. He reported from some of the dynamics of the Trump stuff, which sat for like, you know, because of media blackout, we don't hear about at all. That was interesting. It seems that uh, Trump is in a basically in a fight to take over the Republican Party mm -hmm. from the old guards. I don't know if he'll be successful, but that does seem to be the case. Yeah, I don't. I mean, I don't see. I don't see Trump being able to yield any power on them so much unless he becomes president. Uh, of course, I mean, once he becomes president, but but even oh, that. I mean, it even does that seem was... people he endorses. So yeah. in some cases not necessarily but like he, he like oh by the way he did he's endorsed jd vance now so jesus christ if jd vance the idiot who wrote hillbilly elegies we talked about him a couple of times a oh, real yeah. real like you know caveman you, you know uh, like sometimes and i guess i don't I mean you know my knowledge of domestic politics in the u.s is not that deep but sometimes even while like you know with the state republican party became trump's party and all this i know at times he was extremely influential and he's extremely influential with people really like his pressure i feel is indirect right his he, he can't like he, other politicians go and like blackmail the other politician directly <laughs> whereas uh, he yes, uses yes. like the public he's like you don't piss me off because you know you want the vote of these 30 or forty thousand people in this situation where which I can turn against you. So his influence has always been that way. And even while he was president, I felt like the whole thing of it becoming his party and stuff was a bit um, blown out of proportion. And, you know, he 
because he can't like build i'm so- not sure um, yeah I don't. I, not not that I think Donald Trump is this powerful guy who's controlling the party. I think if you look at the like, it was Trump and people like him were the very much the natural conclusion of what the Republican Party was mm-hmm. for. Like, I, even from the two thousands and all that. Maybe Mitch McConnell and these people were the public face, but these people were the like Tea Party people and all that, I do feel it is Trump's party in many ways. Like, it's not like, you know, Mitch McConnell and stuff, they represent a small number of, you know, elites, powerful elite. But Trump is representing a whole movement that includes some of the elite. That's the thing, right? That's the thing. So they have like more institutional power, whereas Trump comes a lot from the public. And I feel like, you know, that one, can be lost with Trump, you know, well, if Trump but, but doesn't become a, president but, but, once no, he no, passes no. away and all that. But but Democratic, but Republican Party, sorry, is far more democratic in their elections and their political mm-hmm. system than uh, Democratic Party. So that's why I think Trump, it is Trump's party now, really. I, I think. Yeah. I don't Not know as that. in yeah. Trump himself, maybe. Maybe the Santos becomes even a better Trump. But that type of, you know, that of character. Yeah, yeah, no, in that sense, um, I see. And yeah, I was also listening to the to the Dave guy, uh, what you sent me on Chapel Trap House. But he also did, and you kind of said that, it's perhaps not as doom and gloom for the Democrats as we think. Like, they're going to lose probably some seats. But, you know, it's also not going to... Maybe it so, won't be yeah. A, yeah, red wave... But, I mean, I wonder really uh, yeah. what's the percentage of, I mean, I'm sure it's very high, I'm sure, the percentage of Democrat and Republican voters who would literally vote for anyone and only Democrat and Republican. I mean, I've seen, I've heard people this come out of their mouth saying, it's about I've 30%. always voted Democrat and I always vote Democrat. It's about Democrat. 30. It's about I think 30 it's more. Percent. I don't know. I, don't, I, I feel like it's, it's more who would vote Democrat uh, in, or Republican no matter what. Nothing they, matters. The I would put the percentage term. higher. I'm absolutely guessing here, but I would have put it actually in the 60s and 70s. No way, no, no. Yeah, you I, don't think I, so? I, I mean, the turnout in the U.S. is very low. I mean, yeah. if no, no, no. You, you I'm saying the among, the... among people who vote Democrat, oh, a... among the Democrat and Republican okay. voters, no, no, no. Yes, there's like yes, a good 60 or 70 percent who will vote for their party no matter what. No, uh, yeah. So okay, that's why like that. I... it might never yeah. even be especially, such a doom and gloom thing. Yeah, especially in midterms. Mm-hmm. I agree with that. Especially in midterms. Like I think when you have like 30 percent voter turnout, out of that 30 percent, 70 percent are almost like the family members of party officials so, yeah you know, so uh, yeah, yeah, yeah yeah exactly you know yeah you're right there yeah you're right there sorry i said you mean no a, no, a, no no among them and i've heard that i mean i've heard like people and friends like saying a while ago i think they changed their mind but they were like oh, you know this was in canada so like you know i, that, I always I voted me- liberal remember- my family always voted liberal and yeah, we yeah. just vote I, liberal I, I heard that from an American classmate once that, you know, I come from a democratic family and we always white Democrat. And I found that to be the weirdest thing. You know, I had heard people saying I come from like a religious family, yeah. from Christian, like never, no. ever. Like the idea that like a family can be loyal to a political party seems to me the most ludicrous. Like, I mean, at least God has some ambiguity yeah. about it, you know? Like, yeah. No, exactly. And that's yeah, what yeah, I heard was, exactly. It was like my family, because, yeah. you know, in Canada, it's about liberals and conservatives. It's like, you know, I always, my family always voted liberal. I voted liberal. <laughs> that, that is, that is, I'm sorry, like, but your sad. family needs to rethink. <laughs> yeah, they're, <laughs> they're, <laughs> uh, fucking. But yeah. But uh, yeah, fa- fascinating stuff. And I'm looking forward to reading more about, uh, conservative primaries to be honest that's mm. really piqued my interest and hopefully soon we're going to talk about some uh, you know interesting figures and election definitely all righty sam let's move on and have some fun with quite a few more stories we have here so folks please like and subscribe and then yes yeah, sam so you've been kind of into this johnny depp amber heard stuff uh, wait, wait, been, wait 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 <laughs> I wanted to say, I watched, I genuinely watched 
for some reason last night I again have was having an insomniac per, uh, episode. So I was uh, insomniac period. <laughs> <clears throat> yeah, yeah. So I I just uh, watched the whole fucking thing live last night on NBC. But say to or people MSNBC. what the whole thing is. It's like the a court- seven-hour hearing. <laughs> it's a yeah. It was a three-four-hour hearing uh, of Johnny Depp testifying in his defamation lawsuit against Amber Heard because of the article she wrote in Washington Post in which she indirectly implied that Johnny Depp is a wife beater. Yeah. So, but that's the context. But I just, before that, I just watched that. I genuinely avoided any news coverage of it. You watched some of the highlights. How's the news coverage been? Oh, I, of I, the thing? Was no, it I also like watched some good, of the clips. Bad? No, I also watched, there were clips. So there were different moments of it that were hilarious. You know, there was like, Uh, right, people right. laughed at like his friend nobody was there said, nobody said it if, if he did a good job on the stance or not no no i didn't watch any kind of reporting on that i just watched some of the raw footage and just went to see what it's about because they got divorced along they were only married from 2015 to 2017 i mean i have i don't i'm sorry i'm not gonna make fun of that but they were just married no, we for gotta make two years like that. and then i was like what is going on at four or five years later they're in court and i mean johnny depp was Seemed like he brought on the case, but is he acting like it's a joke now or something? I mean, they were asking him about Pirates of the Caribbean. I don't know what the hell was going on. He's like, yeah, I haven't watched Pirates of the Caribbean, but, you know, it did well. So I wanted to do more of it. I mean, they were just asking him all no, kinds no. of things. What the it hell was... is going on? No, let me explain. Man, I must say I was, as I mentioned. Is there any more background said... story, sorry, that you think is needed to share? Yes, yes, there is. Okay, let me give, okay, let's yeah. the full setup. Amber Heard and Johnny Depp celebrity marriage. And we are doing, by the way, this story has no like value, calories, anything. Like this is like, just we are doing this for fun. We both followed this news. We can talk about it. We know this is stupid. There is like planet is climate change, war, Ukraine, Yemen, everything. But Let's talk about this. But yeah, so uh, they, they got divorced. There was a, their divorce was very nasty. They both shared a lot of news about each other, accusing each other of emotional and physical abuse. There was a court case in the UK regarding the defamation because uh, she gave an interview to Sun or Daily Mirror or something saying that Jeff uh, John Depp was a violent person or wife beater or something along those lines. He lost that lawsuit. Mm. And now then she wrote, uh, she penned the op-ed in Washington Post. And now in the US, he's suing her for the same thing for defamation. And uh, to be fair to him, just to point out, he has, at least we know for sure that he was probably put aside from his role in uh, the Harry Potter franchise. No, Pirates of the Caribbean. No, no, no. Oh. Uh, this is Fantastic Beast. He was playing. Uh. Uh, you you don't know enough about it. Don't correct me on moving you. <laughs> it's like Lord of the Rings. <laughs> <laughs> this is one area. I act, I'm like a master. <laughs> uh, yeah, but, but yeah, probably uh, the Pirates of the Caribbean too. But so he has, you could argue technically, you could... I mean, that's the thing. You keep, that's what the case he's bringing against her, uh, that, you know, uh, that he has suffered uh, career damage because mm-hmm. of this, for sure. So it's, uh, it's interesting because it's a, like, I like to say very much in the beginning of this video that I am generally a feminist. Like, I'm a feminist. It's not generally. Sorry, sorry, sorry. Shit, shit what did I do? But, yeah. Did I say the right thing? Come here, help but, yeah. but in this case, from the a lot of things that came out before the trial and all that, the image that was in my head, and I realized it was just the image in my head, it was not something I'm going to make a final judgment on, was that it seemed that she was far more abusive towards mm-hmm. him than he was towards her. But then again, there is a lot of other evidence that show things that you could def- certainly interpret things as him abusing her, perhaps. 
and but uh, yeah so should yeah I, that's actually what I heard um uh, like one of the audio clips that I heard in the in court that they played was Johnny Depp trying to get her to admit that she punched him and she was like no I didn't punch you I hit you and like look nothing happened to you and then he's like you know it was a punch and shit and yeah well it was I mean I must say I loved watching it uh, it reminded me so much Man, of it seemed Boston. like a joke like the clips that were out there seem like a joke like I mean when I saw the clips like the friend because I did see it out of context but there's a friend talking about like you know talking about John Depp had such a good friend the one who like lives in like one of John Depp's apartments and is an artist <laughs> then yeah. when he saw he just and you know Johnny Depp is such a like a character like a movie character looking person even in real life so when he was sitting there it just all both kind of, them, of seemed like them. a big joke yeah well sh- let me give you a count of my uh my things please uh, you maybe saw so much more of, uh, yeah. yeah it was fun it was fun for, it was look i have a bit of a fetish for anything legal and again it reminded me of boston legal so like my favorite show growing up was boston legal i love that show so much i want i still to this day my i still dream sometimes that maybe i could do a course that is one year and then then i could become a lawyer in the u.s even though I do, i'm not a citizen but you know it's my dream i want to become a lawyer in the u.s man it's so much fun Although I must say it was it's fun if you have patience because it keeps getting I thought they, I thought in the law they do all the discovery you know what is discovery mm-hmm. yeah. evidence and all that like the both lawyers from both sides check the evidence I thought they do that pre-trial but I don't know in this that was the only frustrating thing about Sam. the trial every two minutes they had to cut the noise of the proceeding mm-hmm. and they would go they approach the bench yeah. and they would talk with the judge they <laughs> and it felt like you felt so left out like what, is, what are you saying come on tell me what is there <laughs> and no. then they go back <laughs> that was the most annoying part but besides that man basically the but hold on fascinating. I, i just have something to yeah, say about sorry. that like you seeing that and you know your my understanding is also that you go over what is admissible as an evidence before right so you don't decide yeah, yeah that i thought that. so but every day there's something new there's like a new show or documentary i can't remember the show i think it's more of like a tv show about this girl who like encouraged this guy to to go to commit suicide right and so she went to jail in the u.s for a year she decided that she didn't want a trial with the jury and she just wanted the judge to um to judge the case and that, that was an option and the, the judge is like okay and then he just went on uh to to be the judge without a jury so apparently that's like an option so if ever you get in trouble just know whether you trust just the judge or the jury or the jury my wife and i were I talking but i was judge. like i would have i probably go with the judge i don't know me too, but yeah man. there are I, all I, these I, options I, we're unaware jury is the weird uh, the, <laughs> the people i've seen on juries are the weirdest like i think like if you can't get out of jury duty by just lying a couple of things then you have certain issues hey, but uh, i wouldn't but, mind doing it once it'll be a good experience Come i back would here, talk about say it. Uh, what you say reminds me of silicon valley and arbitration i i assume in that case both sides have to agree though mm-hmm. like i remember in silicon valley do you remember the idea that you can no. have instead of a court go to a arbitration which is a faster process okay. than the court system It also exists in international business. I believe I that it's a faster way of dealing. But I believe both sides have to agree to go to that. It's like it's not just one side saying, "I mm-hmm. I want to judge." Or no, here I'm, it kind of made it seem like it was the the defendant who got to pick, and then the judge was like, "Okay." And then they just proceeded as if it was a normal trial. But it was I, so, I have, it yeah, was so funny. Everything is that was, in U.S. Yeah, is in the U.S. and everything was said to the judge. So the, like their opening yeah. statement and all this, they like completely changed it, and they were just speaking to the judge directly, the lawyers, because yeah, there was no jury. That's what the person decided. Anyway, continue, yeah, please. Yeah, very fast. Yeah, court system is fascinating. <laughs> anyway, but uh, I must say I enjoyed it so much, man, because I have takes on everybody's <laughs> thing, and uh, it's so stupid. So right now, guys, we're going to delve into uh, somebody who has not studied law, 
who doesn't know really anything about American law or anything. He, he has seen a lot of TV shows though about law in the US and in the UK. So I think that uh, makes me an expert, like, like a pundit yeah, so. on this matter. But I, I feel the strategy of the Amber Heard's team was to establish Johnny Depp as a drunk and as somebody who does things when he's uh, drunk or mm. under influence of drugs without his own knowledge and he becomes violent according even to his own uh, statements uh, 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 when he's under the influence mm. uh, but, but uh, uh, maybe he doesn't even know about it like the, a lot of times they say maybe you don't remember this maybe blah, maybe this and frankly I don't know who was Johnny Depp's lawyer in the UK trial because most of the problems with Johnny Depp's uh, statement was that the, the lawyers from Amber Heard's team, they could show that in the UK trial, mm. he had said a different thing. Interesting. You know, f- f- yeah. So they could show contradiction between his statements now and his statements in the UK. But I would say he did a great job on this stance and he overall came across as very sympathetic figure whose actions are being exaggerated by the lawyer that was the feeling i got by the way i'm not i don't want to take a side on this because it's a case of a violence of two people against each other but uh, like i don't want to take a definite side because it's just it's it's one of those cases that makes you think it's so hard to become a judge or be on a jury because there is a lot of evidence that Johnny Depp right now contradicts his own past statements but like just it does kind of also make sense to you that for example there is one bit he says uh, when they say were you drunk and under influence and right now he says no I wouldn't say I was drunk I had a drink or something like that and then they show the transcript from his UK trial in which he says, sure, you could say I was drunk. Mm-hmm. So it's not exactly he's saying I was drunk, yeah. drunk, but you know, sure, you could say I was drunk or, oh yeah, like in the UK trial, he seems so annoyed and just like, yeah, whatever, man, just, yeah, yeah, whatever, yeah, yeah, whatever. But in this one, he seemed very like talk to the lawyers, very, you know all yeah that. yeah no i got that impression too from very the prepared, very that prepared. I yeah and it was kind of funny he was light-hearted in a good way he was but she was very like, serious trying to break tensions yeah but she was she was making she was laughing all the way through but then oh, they really? play this video yeah they play this video of him this video that she again it's hard i don't want to take sides but it does feel like she seems to be a bit more manipulative at least mm. in the proceeding that went on and it's a personal opinion it's not a generalization or anything at all i just want to say in this specific case because she clearly records him without his knowledge and then the way she's like trying to hide the camera mm-hmm. and all that and all uh, you know and he's he's angry but he's not violent towards her or anything yeah. So, and then, then after that, and Johnny Depp is like, well, it's very interesting that she illegally uh, recorded me and all that. After that, her face is just, because she's an actor as well. Maybe that's Mm. why I get this feeling. Her face is just like this from then on. Yeah, exactly. That's what she looked like. That's that's after (laughs) that. Like, 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 uh, as if this, like, almost like a cliche of a character of a woman misrepresented by her husband maybe that's the case yeah. though i it I like could be that. i mean it's so because but he know. did contradict himself quite yeah. a lot from his uk statements but i mean i don't know like johnny depp exa- whatsoever but i'm willing to believe a lot of things except him being able to be manipulative i don't know he, it doesn't no, strike me be. as he's like very a, powerful yeah he's so, powerful and he might know, manipulate people like attractive I don't accidentally by giving them like <laughs> a house or From money what, and stuff it, but him kind of being like strategizing like this in the head let me film this be. i'll use this after i don't know it doesn't strike me the kind of guy but of course i'm judging a book by its cover really that's what i'm doing 
Yeah, man, it was so weird because, yeah, I, you don't know how to be, like, then they talk about there is one big point of argument is his chopped up finger, mm-hmm. right? So if one of his fingers, one of his uh, fingers have been chopped off slightly. He claims that it was done by her when she threw a bottle at him. She claims he did it on uh, by himself, like when he went crazy on drugs and all that, right? And then, for example, the whole debate is, on the, you in a text you refer to it as when I chopped my finger off and then Johnny Depp argument is that yeah I did say that but it's like I'm not saying that I chopped my finger off literally yeah. I'm referring to the time that I chopped my finger off like you know if you for example on a bicycle and you, yeah, you get you say hit when by it, a car yeah. you say I broke my leg you don't say the day that a car hits me and I broke my leg so the whole thing becomes this uh, like a discussion about cement like you know language yeah. and the use of language and it's no but and you impossible. would speak like that like you do speak like that you know you would say like you know when I got hit or yeah, no yeah, no yeah. or like sorry when I hurt my leg when I broke some, my leg when I broke yeah. my leg but referring to when you got I don't know, but, hit, but, hit by but, a cyclist but also so. it could be that you did chop yeah. your finger off because then there is, they also show that he did, after the finger was chopped off by him or by Amber Heard, he did dip it in paint and then wrote his stuff. And again, that doesn't, like, I, okay, none of this sounds normal no, to me. But so. I believe more him chopping his own finger than him being, like, kind of manipulative. I guess this is being manipulative, but this I can see, like, I mean, because he is a wild character, you know? Oh, this, you, I mean, you like, don't he, think she broke? I, I this this one I believe either way I believe both ways that he did it or that because he is oh, he yeah. does seem so you like don't, to be yeah, quite nice. Sure, but then again, according to all the stories, she is to like her personal assistant a day before yeah, no, for sure. saying that she would spit in my face. Yeah, no, her mother did. and her sister are afraid of her. Everybody, I I mean the whole thing, and then man, the personal messages. By the way, like we are best, like like we're friends, right? Like we know each other. <laughs> yeah, no, they shared some of the messages that uh, John Depp had sent to his friends and all that. I don't think like some of the things were said, both in terms of just like the words used, like the insults, and just the sentiment expressed. I don't like even if I have those feelings, I yeah. wouldn't share them with anybody, even my closest. Like it was so dark and personal and all that. I don't know. Like I, I find that the whole thing so weird. Like, you know, that you would talk about your ex-wife to a friend so open. Like I even mean, ex-wife. Like the whole people thing have people have yeah. acquaintances who they know or, or ex-husband. <laughs> No, I'm just saying, like their that's marriage and stuff. Yeah, like, I, I wonder if he cared hey. about more about her than like his doorman. I don't know. I'm just like making it up. But yeah, even if you don't care about someone, I can just imagine like such harsh texts and shit. I haven't seen them, but yeah, I can imagine they can be extremely a lot of seaward, man. A lot of seaward. Wow. A lot of oh, I hope it's a corpse. I hope this is an idiot. It was just like Jesus, like. Uh, yeah i don't know but uh, i i would say i took a, a very brief look at twitter and twitter really agrees with you and i think one thing that everybody points out and i put that a bit as up as my own defense is that there is a recording of her literally saying that yeah go go tell the world how i hit you see who believes you sort of it's almost to this it's mm-hmm. like uh, nobody believes a man who's been physically abused sort of thing and so what does twitter so, say what where does twitter fall oh, on this uh, like you everybody thinks like johnny depp was on his uh, on uh, was sort of almost proven right and and there is a tape on this yeah i was just making I sure think, what i said <laughs> yeah everybody's like johnny <laughs> no, depp was more successful in his defense and there is this specific tape of johnny depp that i think the team of uh, the amber hair team made a mistake by playing which is johnny depp in, I would argue in pain or I, I don't know if it's physical or like drawing emotional pain and then they view that as sort of a thing that sort of showcases is under not being under control and all that but I feel the tape comes a bit across as Amber Heard manipulating mm-hmm. you know as soon as somebody's past that drunk and in pain sort of filming them or recording them maybe that's just how it comes across 
it's just such a it's a case that gives me such like I don't want to make any fucking yeah. final decisions on. But yeah, everybody. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Thank God. Yeah, yeah. but uh, everybody on Twitter is pointing out to that like tape from uh, older times that she says that uh, yeah, oh go to media and say you were abused by a woman, see who believes you or something along those lines. I see. And then but uh, yes, so I had a very, very, you know, uninformative. I, I pretty much lost 30% of my IQ <laughs> last night by watching this <laughs> but it Yeah, was I mean just the clips that I saw, it seemed like a bit of a freak show. Man, the, the, I must say the lawyer came across as such a sort of a goody two shoes. Who's lawyer? Oh, the, the Amber Heard's lawyer. Because I mean the whole time he was like, oh, did you do drugs? Is that a sign of cocaine? Is that a sign of cocaine? Did you do cocaine? So, oh, is that Amber's fault as well that you did that? He came across as a bit of a bad guy in a movie. Mm-hmm. But I don't know if that's necessarily uh, like, uh, to be honest. No, apparently theory, that, is, okay, that is a thing, though. That is a thing you need to be careful. Like in the Elizabeth trial and stuff they were talking about, you know, there's like, Sometimes you actually have, have to refrain yourself as a lawyer because you don't want to seem like too dick, much yeah. like taking it out on this person, and then the jury just there was, starts getting becoming more sympathetical towards this person. There was one point, even judgments like that's argumentative, which is mm. uh, the legal term for exactly that, and that was when he was like, uh, because John Depp was like, I don't think somebody would, so this friend of mine would say that about me, and then the lawyer went. Maybe he said it when you were passed out uh, with all due respect. And then, you know, objection, you're on here. Objection, you're on here. From the, you know, Johnny Depp's team and all that. Man. And, but my, yeah, what's your my theory? theory, though, is that I doubt Johnny Depp is, Johnny Depp is going to win this case. Mm. Because from what I understand, from my very, very, very limited understanding of U.S. Uh, libel and defamation and slander laws, is that it's extremely hard to prove. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, you know, it's, yeah, pretty much like, okay, she, it was an opinion, Ed, anyway, yeah. like it was her opinion. But I do think she, uh, Johnny Depp is going to come across, come out of this trial somewhat cleansed. Yeah. Because uh, he's going to, like the court of uh, public opinion is going to be very much on his side by then, I think. Yeah, that's so exactly what I, I was think thinking. in that sense, it's worth it for him, I guess. Yeah, because exactly. I doubt he's gonna. If he lost in the UK, and UK has much more uh, stricter defamation laws, mm-hmm. so if he lost in UK, I would assume he's gonna lose in the US yeah. as well. But, but you're yeah. absolutely right. Like that's enough for him. I think I like, assume, if he think. comes out sympathetic, because that's it, right? Then the movie producers and directors and studios won't be afraid working with Worth him, it. and his image will be improved in Hollywood. And even now, I don't feel like it's you know. Yeah, he's missed out on some stuff. I don't follow his career too much, but you know, it hasn't been plagued to that ex- to that extent. And you know, Amber Heard is also not like she herself. Perhaps not, I'm not saying me, but perhaps in the, the public and stuff, she could probably easily have some image issues as well. Like you know, I don't think she's like viewed as like I don't know some kind of like darling in the sense where there are like a lot of people in the public. She, she has a history of domestic abuse, but one of her former partner has accused her of domestic abuse. At yeah, least, as far as I know. So, so yeah, so I mean, I can see her not um, having that. So yeah, it might go, <laughs> it might, it might go well for him because otherwise, winning it would be what anyway? It'd be like what getting a little bit of damage out of her, and I guess. Oh, no, you get a lot of money, man. You yeah. get a lot of money in damages. Yeah, you, But I'm yeah. sure money is not his main concern, really. Like, fixing his reputation no. is probably much more important. So whichever way that comes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh. yeah That's then, what yeah. I assume is this whole thing yeah. about. Man, but this objection, my honor, can we, like, incorporate that somehow into, like, our podcast? Like, you yes, say I something, love that. Please, and I just please. say objection, my honor, and everybody has to forget what you, the last, like, two <laughs> minutes of you talking. <laughs> they have yeah. To. <laughs> yeah, I love that. Uh, no, no, I love it. There, there is one bit. It doesn't happen as much as you like it, as it does in TV shows. There is one bit that uh, the judge says, strike that from the records. Please dismiss yeah. that to the jury. And I'm always interested to know how do you, like, 
Okay, let me just re- re- <laughs> let me just erase that from my brain. <laughs> like, how do you? I and I love when whenever they break for recess, he's like, "Okay, guys, don't research this. Don't talk to anyone <laughs> right? about this case, please." Yeah, it's like honor system. What the fuck? <laughs> yeah, that's what I was saying, right? Like with like in that documentary yeah. and stuff with uh the football player. What's his name? Elizabeth Holmes. No, 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 the football. Oh, uh, I thought it was the. No, 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 the, the American football player, the murderer. Oh, oh OJ Simpson. OJ Simpson. Simpson. Like him, they kept the jury, and I guess back then, they didn't have internet issues, but yeah, they kept the jury mobile. in a hotel. But they also yeah. kept them at a hotel, so they couldn't go home, watch TV, read the news, talk to their partner. Yeah, that's funny. 